This is the Muscles and Management Podcast, where we build your body and your business. Talking all things training, sports performance, and business for athletes and aspiring coaches to enhance your training and better your career. Muscles and Management is brought to you by Challenger Strength with your host, Jerry DeFilippo. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 118 of the Muscles and Manager podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. I greatly appreciate it. Helps me out a lot. Uh, I hope you guys like me by now. If you're still listening, I would assume that you do. So <laughs> if you do, uh, a rating would be great. Um, really excited, honestly, to talk about uh, this topic today. I, I really think it's important Um you know, to address for a couple of reasons. One, because it's popped up a little bit on social media, uh, this past week. And as you know, I like to go over, um, things that I see on social media when they pertain to stuff that I do and things that I have opinions on. Um, the other reason is it was a really good post coming from Zach Dakin, uh, from TCU regarding, um, use of conjugate style training, the difference between conjugate style training and um, actual West Side Barbell methodology and what they do over there at West Side Barbell. And I think the third reason is because I am someone who has been influenced by the work of West Side Barbell, but I think how I implement my version of conjugate style training leans way more towards uh, Yuri Verkashansky's definition of it, and we're going to get to that, versus the powerlifting version of it. And I think talking about this and explaining the difference between the two is key to differentiate um, just for the purpose of coaches who listen and coaches who see these things and want to program in a similar style, um, athletes, and just, I guess, people with the misconception that a true West Side program in its nature is optimal for athletes. It definitely isn't, and I'm going to get to that in a second. But I think this is key to talk about for for those reasons. Um, I guess to start us out, let me talk a little bit about my background with West Side Barbell, um, my experiences learning about it, who I learned it from. Um, and I think this is also an important thing to talk about because of the uh, it really does drive home a point that I often try to speak on in the fact that like, I didn't, I don't have a degree in this field that I've, I've mentioned this many times. If you are a listener, you know me well, you know this. And I think that does a favor to me sometimes because I learn things through the filters. Like I, most of what I've learned is from coaches, not textbooks and, uh, courses. And I think why that's big is because, you know, being a guy that was inspired by Joe DeFranco. So like I got to um, learn a lot early on from, from what Joe did and Joe does. And basically, um, you know, he was a filter over the mountain of information that exists. And he was able to basically filter that info to what he thought was important. So I was learning a lot of what was really useful and what he found helpful with his actual athletes over the course of a 20 year coaching career. So right off the bat, I was picking up a lot of things that were really important and not wasting my time and a lot of just um, rhetoric and, and stuff that just was going to bog me down. So I think that was key. Um, Kevin Poppy actually made a really good point on a conversation that I had with him 
uh, a couple weeks ago that he, and I know Kyle Rogers is another guy, like the three of us don't have degrees in this field particularly, but um, we're, we're rather well-known coaches who do a pretty damn good job with what we do. Shout out to those guys. But basically that he was kind of happy that he didn't have a degree in this field because he felt that if he did, he'd be weighed down with a lot of the dogma and, and a lot of the, the old, you know, firm beliefs that a lot of us hold in this industry, you know, not having an education, formal education in this would get rid of that. And I think I agree with that for sure. And, and the other big part of it, as I already mentioned, is I think that um, we can learn what's important right away. Like our, our goal in trying to get into this field was to learn what we needed to get our athletes better. Like that was the first priority for us. And we were able to sidestep a lot of um, garbage and I, not even garbage, but just stuff that like we sometimes perseverate on that isn't as important as some of the, the bigger things. Um, not to be like reductionist in that approach, but I do think sometimes we can um, sort of just overindulge on the small things um, or, or just argue a lot about these little things. But then there are times where these little details are important as well. I think, and, and that's a big key is to know when the difference is. But I think in, in this sense, um, learning from Joe D and, and getting a lot of the important stuff, the stuff that he found that was the most helpful with his athletes right away was big because it allowed me to have some success early on. But then I could pick and choose what things I wanted to further explore. So like I'm getting it through the filter of a very successful coach who has already gotten it from the filter of a lot of other successful coaches, him being inspired by guys like Charlie Francis and uh, Yuri Verkashansky and Louis Simmons. And I think the other interesting part about it too is people are pr- putting this definition of conjugate training or conjugate style programming from Yuri and how it differs from the conjugate periodization thought of by Westside Barbell and Louis Simmons. And I just find it funny because I've been influenced by both of them. So I never really thought about it as an, an either or. I thought about it as like, what am I going to use from each of them that I find helps my athletes? So I think that's that's big as well. So with that said, um, my main point from this is that I do think getting um, the perspective of of this information from coaches. So you're, you're kind of having it um, pass through this filter so you can get what they think is the most important aspects of it. And then you can make that decision on your own. But I basically got the West side barbell interpretation from Joe D. So his interpretation and use of it over the straight up use of West side barbell at West side barbell. And off the bat, that already meant that I was going to get a little more of an interpretation of it from an athlete standpoint versus a powerlifter standpoint. I will also say though, that I'm sure Joe would agree with this. Things have changed in the past 15, 20 years in terms of what we are finding is the most important. So, you know, are we looking at it that, um, you know, getting an athlete strong or progressing a barbell movement is the most important thing for them? Or are we looking at it that that is a tool that is maybe helping us build some of their skill or sport movements or sprints or things like that? Um, and ultimately, that is the biggest, in my opinion, differentiation between that West Side barbell for power lifters and a conjugate style programming for athletes. I think that for athletes, we are building our programming to support and bolster sport movements and things we're going to be that are going to be important for sport and, and, and skill and things like that, and sprinting and jumping and things of that nature. Let's say we just strip the idea of the sports skill out and we look at sprinting as a skill. Um, that is pretty important. Speed is pretty important in sport. Let's just say from a raw linear standpoint, not even looking at agility. If that is my biggest goal is to improve that, that, uh, ability, that's going to change my entire thought process behind my programming versus if 
you know, getting my squat up is the entire premise of my programming because what that means is there's a difference between I'm using a squat to potentially, if I can make the argument, help my sprint or deadlift to help my sprint, let's just say, or I'm doing a squat or a deadlift with supporting movements underneath it to build my squat or deadlift because that's my competition movement. So first and foremost, that's the biggest difference. And then I think if you look at Yuri in his definition versus the the implementation of stuff uh, at Westside Barbell, and I think Yuri says this pretty well, there's just a difference between the Eastern and Western um, explanation and and, um, discussion about these things in terms of like how we communicate, which could cause a lot of confusion. But I think that Yuri says it the best. His mind and and from what he learned is conjugate meaning, um, you know, blending a, some special strength exercises. So exercises in strength conditioning and strength training that, that we think will help, um, the, the, the areas we are trying to improve for an athlete, uh, or as an athlete in conjunction with the actual skill based stuff of the sport, the sprinting, the jumping and things of that nature, meaning that we have to take into consideration the overall volume of the athlete sport, um, the overall volume of the sprint training they're doing, the jump training they're doing, when we decide to end up, you know, choosing volume for uh, special strength exercises that we may uh, want to use to help bolster those things. And we also have to take into uh, consideration that our decisions on what the special tra- strength exercises are are going to be maybe different if they are supporting a sport movement versus a a, a back squat or a, a deadlift um, being our competitive movement, right? So I think first and foremost, that's the biggest thing. Whereas the West Side approach looked at it more as like um, conjugate meaning, you know, or West Side approach meaning more of a periodization model of working multiple attributes at once, um, you know, lifting accessories for uh, hypertrophy effect, to help bolster um, certain areas of an, an athlete uh, that may have sticking points, or not, sorry, not an athlete, a powerlifter who might have sticking points, let's say in a squat. So we're going to work quad and hamstring accessories, high rep, um, to support those. Um, you know, making decisions based on the fact that that squat or deadlift is is our Olympics. That's what we're building up to. So the volume can be higher because that's all they, they might be doing. The powerlifter is not going to be sprinting, having practice for sport, things like that. What makes it interesting, though, is I would argue in my personal experience that I've used both of those ideas, and I'll tell you how I use them. I am the traditional Yuri conjugate style approach in the sense that um, we are sprinting and doing jump training in conjunction with special strength training exercises. Like That is the epitome of my programming, like an athlete is going to sprint and jump and then they're going to do um, strength-based exercises or, or barbell exercises with dynamic effect, uh, things of that nature to support those movements. And while we're doing them, we're considering what the athlete needs for their particular sport based on Yuri's dynamic principle of dynamic correspondence, uh, plane of motion, region of force, all things of that nature. And I think the other part of it that I take from Westside is I've had a lot of success in using, um, you know, hypertrophy-based accessories with younger athletes who need to pack on lean muscle mass that can help support um, any of these special strength exercises that we do. And we're doing the special strength exercises ultimately if we think and and for the purpose of helping um, sport movements or speed or things of that nature. So the biggest difference for me is I take both of those, but, you know, realizing that sport and speed movements and sprinting is king and everything builds underneath them to to ride to raise those up right i think the powerlifting side of it differs in that the special strength exercises are the competition so to speak 
And the west side approach is more so rotating through those special strength exercises to give the athlete more of a stimulus versus, uh, you know, my approach of saying, okay, we're going to work speed in this cycle. But we're also doing some strength training. We're also doing some hypertrophy. Like that is how I view conjugate, um, versus just the cycling of exercises. I look at it more as like working multiple attributes at the same time, which I think definitely pertains more to athletes. Like, I said this before, if you're sprinting and jumping and, and doing strength training, you're never, even if your entire premise of your strength training is strength-based, five reps and under, heavier loads to build force and strength, you are never technically doing a linear periodization type model because you are also working attributes of speed and power. So I made that point and I think it gets lost a lot because I do think some people are out there thinking like, let's run a pure West side approach to, for an athlete when you can't really do that because the volume, first of all, first and foremost, we, we already made the big distinction. A West Side approach is going to have the idea that, you know, our biggest focus is building a barbell movement like a squat, a deadlift, or a bench, right? That's not the primary focus for an athlete. We might use those movements if it helps them with things further up the ladder, but uh, that's not the be-all, end-all for us. So that's the first problem. The second problem is when you have a sport to focus on and you have sprints and jumps and, and volume of that stuff that, that is more important at the top, it's going to drastically impact the amount of volume you're placing on your barbell movements, let's just say. I had someone ask me this one time, Coach, um, I noticed you've been influenced by Louis Simmons and Westside Barbell. Why is your dynamic work, let's just say, on a, on a front squat way less sets than like their eight or nine or 10 sets? I'm like, dude, you're doing sprints and jumps and, and having practice or throwing a bullpen or uh, skating before you do this stuff. Like, I can't possibly put you under the duress of nine to 10 sets um, of, a, of a front squat, even if it is low, you know, the volume is, is lower in terms of like the reps per set and the, the load. It's still a lot of stress in terms of the speed being applied. I, I just can't do that. Like if that if that front squat was the only movement you were doing, that's one thing. But as an athlete, we know that's not the case. We have to consider the field and the sport and, and the other sprint and jump training that we're doing. Um, so I think that's where the biggest thing comes in here. And I want to read a tweet uh, from Zach Dakin, who I've referenced already, and, and what he said about um, the, the West Side approach. Um you know, and I also want to want to say something too. I, I think maybe I wouldn't say I disagree with him on this. It's just a, a different uh, understanding of it, or how I how I have used it. I do separate my training days with the max slash dynamic effort approach. Um, and he made the point that that's the system Louis created for um, Westside, and Conjugate was created for by Verkachansky's mentor to blend skill and physical training. Um, I do think that I only just separate the max versus dynamic effort if that I want to differentiate that, you know, one day is um, more focused on, let's just say, sprint work versus one day focused on more strength or force-based stuff. So I would even more so call them speed slash force days, honestly. Like, that's really what they've come down to for me. And that's only if an athlete really needs to focus still on the force end of things. We might just have upper, lower, upper, lower, or we might have high CNS, low CNS days with, um, you know, lighter days mixed in between if with a more advanced athlete who kind of is checking all the boxes on the force side of things. So I wanted to, to uh, reference that, that I'm only calling the max and dynamic effort as a classification of like, that's just how I learned it when I started. Um, I don't call the max and dynamic effort because I'm building the lifts around the barbell movements. I actually call them that because I'm building it around whether we're sprinting or not. So that's an important distinction. Um, let's see, I'll read his tweet. I understand Louis and Westside have created an excellent system for getting strong that is easily implementable, but it's not appropriate for field sport athletes. Agree. 
It's built specifically for their sport. You don't do your sport to train for powerlifting. Great point. I've been down the road. I used, programmed, and studied everything Westside when I was an up-and-coming coach. He's contributed as much as anybody to our field. He's a legend. Still isn't for field athletes. So um, I, I tweeted at Zach originally. Um, you know, let's see where, where my follow-up tweet is here. It's somewhere here. Uh, Agree, being influenced by it slash a conjugate style is one thing, but implementing a carbon copy of it isn't it. Um, There's actually a really good reply to this too by Taylor uh, Tice Thiessen. I hope I don't butcher your name, Taylor. I apologize. Um, Systems way of thinking greater than systems. Absolutely. And I think the systems way of thinking is exactly how I think about it. I've taken bits and pieces of it, but Zach makes the great point like, and I said this earlier on the show, we are training athletes to be better athletes. We're not training them to be powerlifters. A traditional West Side approach, if you literally just took a, a West Side program and just used it for athletes, it's not going to work. The focus is too much on improving barbell movements and not worrying about improving athletes um, in their sport or in speed or things like that. Um, you know, I really agree with the idea that, you know, being an athlete and playing a sport just really changes the entire dynamic here. Um, you know, I, I think we need to look deeper beyond, uh, you know, the barbell in terms of saying it's a tool for athletes. If we want to make the argument that we can use it for something to help them, it's going to be in the effort to help them in, in something that'll build physical qualities that aid them in their sport. Their sport isn't going out there and getting a bench PR or a squat PR. And I think that's where the biggest difference lies. And as Zach, so perfectly stated and what I stated from Yuri before conjugate is the blend of sport skill training and the physical training and we bridge the gap between the two via the principle of dynamic correspondence that Yuri has laid out for us so I can either say my physical training is trending more towards um, the sport you know, via whether it checks off boxes such as the load being used, the duration of the activity in terms of energy systems being used, the uh, amount of force being applied, the region in which it's applied, the plane of motion we're using, uh, the excuse me, the overall intensity of the movement and things like that. So I think the biggest distinction to make here is conjugate for athletes more so means, and I wrote a whole ebook on, excuse me, on how I do this, and a lot of it talked about you know, my conjugate approach was a blend of things I've learned from powerlifters, things I've learned from sprint trainers, things I've learned from, um, you know, plyometric guys like Yuri who does a lot of stuff with plyometrics. Like that to me is conjugate. Um, you know, and, and I couldn't agree more with what Zach said. And I really like that he, he touched on this. I think it's important. You still see people using this powerlifting method approach like a traditional West side. And I think it's definitely going to leave a lot on the table in terms of what you can do with your athletes. Like if your athletes and their programming, if it's not built around um, the idea of getting them to move better, move faster, move explosively and get better at their sport. And then everything else is underneath that to kind of support that notion. I think we're going to be in trouble. Um, you need to go into your programming with the idea of, you know, what is the practice demand? What are the physical requirements of their sport? So that I can then answer the questions of, okay, I built a base with this athlete of general physical qualities, but now I have to kind of, you know, get them doing things that are going to help a little more specifically towards your sport, checking off those boxes of the principle of dynamic correspondence from Yuri. 
and saying like, hey, my training at this point is going to be a little closer to sport. It's going to be a little further away from sport. Here's how we're going to do that. Here's why we're going to put those certain areas into where they are because the sport has this demand, that demand. A sport has more of a frontal plane demand versus a sport that has more of a uh, linear demand for a sport is uh, more acceleration based, which is one that's more top speed based. Um, the energy systems, like I'm not going to have athletes just run nonstop. I'm going to structure their, their, uh, energy systems training, you know, in light of the fact that a football game is uh, a few seconds of activity followed by like a minute rest. I'm going to consider all of those things. And ultimately when we do that, we end up getting conjugate. That is like Yuri said, a blend of physical training and the sports skill itself, not a, um, you know, mixture of exercises, uh, you know, in a powerlifting sense. That does not mean, though, that we still can't work hypertrophy and power and strength in the same block. Um, you know, we can have the influence of West Side in that sense if it's blended the right way and we prioritize Yuri's thought process of the principle of dynamic correspondence and conjugate meaning the blending of skill and uh, physical training. So uh, I hope that explains my thought process on it well. I really wanted to get into that a little bit. Um, if you're, you know, looking into a little bit more of my insight on how I use conjugate training and who's influenced me, I do have the ebook that I released in May, um, you know, conjugate training, uh, the challenger guide to conjugate programming for coaches and athletes, where I touch on a lot of how I do this stuff and the priority of sport and speed above all else and, and not prioritizing barbell movements because we are not power lifters. So, um, you know, in, I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you have any questions on this, please let me know. Don't be afraid to DM me uh, and get me some questions for next week because we are going to be doing another Q&A episode. So as always, I appreciate you guys tuning in and I will talk to you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Muscles and Management Podcast brought to you by Challenger Strength. I'm your host, Jared Filippo, signing off on the show that's changing the way we view training, sports performance, and business.